What's up, guys? We are at the end of the week now, but there's still time to get onto the World Golf Tour closest to the whole challenge and win a free DNVR shirt or gift card to a local restaurant. All you have to do is go to freewgt.com to download the game. You have to download it from freewgt.com to participate. Once the game is downloaded, go to the closest to the whole challenge. From there, this week's course is St. Andrews, and it's the fourth hole of the challenge that you're trying to get the closest on all you have to do is get to that hole hit it as close as you can take a screenshot of how close you got it and send it into us at either info at the dnvr.com or at us on twitter at dnvr underscore avalanche that will get you entered in this week's drawing and the best shot will win but it will also get you a raffle ticket into the grand prize drawing which is tickets to an abs game or if you're out of state a free jersey of your choosing, which is pretty dope. Just to go over it one more time, freewgt.com, download the game, go into the game closest to the whole challenge, St. Andrews, the fourth hole of the closest to the whole challenge. Knock it in, get a hole in one, and win yourself a bunch of awesome free stuff. Okay, let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online at mygreensolution.com. And you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs just straight up took it to the Chicago Blackhawks, beating them 5-2 to two at the end of the game. But honestly, it never really felt that close. I mean, when you score in the first minute, and then you score again in the third minute, right. and you never trail, and it never really feels like, okay, well, they got it to 2-1, uh, but it wasn't like, ooh, scary 2-1. Yeah. Especially in the first half of the game, and then before you know it, it's 3-1, and, you know. Yeah. It, then you blink, and it's 5-1 halfway right. through the game, and exactly. you're just kind of like, all right, I guess we're in cruise control today. And, I mean, I think it says a lot about where both teams are at, to be honest. First of all, that the Avs are capable of doing that against any team in the NHL with the lineup that they're running right now. I mean, half their forward lineup is AHL guys. Right. They're Col- it's Colorado Eagles lineup. And the fact that Nathan McKinnon has a three-point first period, that's why you pay superstars. Yeah, exactly. that's that's why when you talk about oh well, how much is his next contract going to cost? The answer is it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's good enough to be worth a max contract, basically. Right. So you don't care what you pay that guy because you're clearly they can they could probably be a 500 team this year, maybe not a postseason team, but like maybe a borderline eighth seed team with this half AHL lineup, which is. Because these better, guys yeah. are just the, – the the stars are just so good for Colorado right now. Between McKinnon and McCarr and good goaltending. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Winning a Stanley Cup in the NHL is so hard to do. You need so many different things to go your way. You need all these good pieces. You've got to make so many good decisions along the way. But to be competitive in the NHL, you need a superstar – you need a good defender or two, and you need mediocre goaltending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a certain caliber of goaltending that just simply isn't good enough, right? Right. And Chicago. <laughs> Corey Crawford did not look good tonight. I'll tell you that. He was not good today. Yeah. And it wasn't like like the the third goal, the McCarr goal, where he doesn't even move. That's not a great sign. No. Goalies are paid to watch pucks, see pucks, track pucks, and stop pucks. Never and Corey Crawford, that, that puck that puck went into the net, and Corey Crawford was 
Yeah, didn't totally. That's it. It. it he was a scarecrow. Is that all Crawford? Get or it? How much crow? of that? Is, yeah, scarecrow, crow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm clever. He's getting vertigo like a scarecrow a little bit. So nice. Yeah, yeah. We got the rhymes in here. Nice. This is what it's like in post game pods. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is this is what it's like before we start recording. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> how much of that is Crawford just not seeing the puck compared to McCarr finding the shooting lane and just nailing his spot there? Well, and, and like Don Scoy sets up a great screen yeah, and. Yeah. You know, he, he uses the defender as a shield and all that. But, like, that's all good stuff. But it, there's no way you can make the argument Corey Crawford was any good today. It wasn't like the abs were so perfect shooting the puck. He wasn't he wasn't good today. And otherwise, Chicago's goaltending has been one of their strengths this year. That's, the I would say, the reason that they're not last in the NHL. Although... They are now, with all the games <laughs> finishing up today. As everyone's winning. Yeah. Last in the Central. <laughs> and deservedly so. They suck. I mean, that game, they never looked in it, to be honest. Even when they picked up their goals. One came in the first, and the Avs, you know, immediately punched back. And the other one came at the very, very end of the second period in the classic Avs fashion of giving up a goal to let a team back in a little bit. I wish I wish there had been a camera on us as we watched the end of that yeah, second period. The eye roll. Because <laughs> because we were both we were both standing there getting ready to go do something else yeah. during intermission. Right. <laughs> And we were both just standing there waiting for it. Just it was, it, yeah. It's coming. We know it's coming. We come on, because it got to like fifty-eight seconds, and I was like, oh boy, here it comes. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was, it was something along the lines of just, just get it out and, and play safe. You, you saw it coming too. They hit the post first, <laughs> and then. I forget which defenseman made the pass, but before the pass was even made, I was like, oh, look, there's Patrick Kane in, wide open in front of the net, huh? And then, like, poor poor Pavel Francos, man. Yeah. He's, there's nothing There's nothing Frankie's going to be able right. to do about that, where you're just, you're like, come on. Yeah, it's... That's what are you guys doing? Like, both, and both goals against were like that, where it was, it was very much just like, what, what are you guys doing? But I guess in the end... Uh, I, I guess in the end, two mistakes, two defensive mistakes. Right. And basically, a defensive breakdown. Hang on. I guess AJ's mic's a little weird. We can try and fix it, turn it down a little bit. See, this is this is what happens when we have n no producer today. Yeah. We get to produce on the fly. All right. That should be a little better. I turned him down a bit, so hopefully... If it's a yeah, if it's a problem, just let us know. Yeah, just keep saying stuff in the chat, and and, and we'll do our best to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This was this was a super impressive performance because with the Avs lineup being what it is, uh, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like anything can happen. Like Taves and 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 Kane and Doc and you know all the <laughs> Alex Nylander. <laughs> you you any of these guys can go off, right? Right. They, when they're going up against half of an AHL lineup. And, like, like Pierre Edward Belmar, really solid player, yep. but, like, a hard 4C and being elevated. Yep. Val Natushkin, you know, a borderline NHL player and then does what he did today, which... What was yeah. that? Hold, hang on a minute, because we need to talk about that. Whoa! Game. What was that? It It gave me... It gave me... <laughs> hearts there hearts. you go hearts for Val Nachushkin but where did that speed come from man I like these props I've never I've never seen Val Nachushkin skate that fast before ever no no like I had a conversation uh I had I had a conversation on Twitter a week or two ago yeah about like somebody was like, oh, Val Nachushkin and the skating, and I was like, skating isn't really his issue. For a guy that's six four, he moves really well, and like you see bursts of it. But even as it was happening, you and I were like, what is this? Like, what is unfolding in front of us? Who, who switched his skates with McKinnon's? He, it was like it was something straight out of Inspector Gadget, where yeah. he was like, go go rocket skates. He blasted the first defenseman as he's exiting the zone. And Duncan Keith, like, thinks he's got it under control right. and, and goes, oh, no. Everybody thinks he does. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, Duncan Keith has that, like, like this is probably where he hurt himself. Duncan Keith, like, turning around going, no, 
as he watches this monstrous Russian just blow by him. And it was like, oh, okay, well. And then he goes backhand roof daddy with it, too. Well, nobody knows what happened because there was no signal. There was no gold light. Nothing. The puck goes in and then just settles into the back part of the net. And it was just like. What? And Val Nachushkin's like, yeah, got it. And everybody's like, what is going on? Did he score? What just happened? Where did that come from? Why 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 are none of the 20,000 people in that arena (laughs) reacting? What in the world? It was the strangest sequence. Like, it's the best lost face-off the Avs have had in forever. It was awesome. (laughs) It was very... Very out of the blue, to say the least. I it, mean, I mean, it made it. I, I told you when we were watching the replay of it, it looks like something you ripped straight out of a WHL game <laughs> because it was like one guy was just all of a sudden super randomly way better than everybody well, on the ice. And I think Avs fans and myself included are so conditioned to when those plays happen, you're like, oh, it's Matt Nieto, oh, it's Val Nachushkin. This goal is not going to go in right. the net. Like, he goes cr- like screaming down the ice, and you're like, oh, this is going to end up with that puck hitting Corey Crawford right in the chest. Yeah, exactly. But this time, he not only beat all the defensemen, he looked made a beautiful goal. I mean, you can't shoot it any better than that off the I, back the, like, like, the goal against Toronto was great because it broke the streak and all that, but like, he had a it took two crazy bounces, yeah, landed perfectly a on his stick, amazing. and he banged into an empty <laughs> yeah, net. Yeah. That was a goal. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. It it really was a sweet one. Um, shout out to our European viewers. Someone in the chat, Eugene, said he's from London. It was nice to watch a game not in the middle of the night for once for them. Dude, I have no idea how the Euros do I it. I know. It's like, crazy. Like, both of us longtime StarCraft fans. Yeah. Know what it's like to get up in the middle of the night for something, but I <laughs> I can't imagine doing it on a on an right. NHL schedule for seven months of the year. Right, like oh, <laughs> like four days a week. Yeah, especially on the weekends where right. you're like, oh, this is fun. Like <laughs> spending my Saturday at three a.m. Well, getting up to watch hockey. It's fun for like one weekend. Yeah, and like but, when we do it for for StarCraft, it was great right. for GSL because you're like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna plan this out. I've got like the nachos ready yeah, to rock. Exactly, like, exactly. You know, I've got I've got the freezer pizza ready to go. This is amazing. But when you were up till six a.m. on Tuesday and then Thursday, right? And then you have to go to work. Yeah. And, then <laughs> and then you've got all this. You're other dead stuff. at the end of the week, Friday night, and it's like, oh well, the Avs play at four a.m. <laughs> You got to find a way to get up for that. Yeah, but. that's one where you pick matchups. Right. Where you're like, who are they playing? Maybe not tonight, yeah. but yeah, for real though. Those of you in out in Europe and all, even over into Asia, and mm-hmm. all of you guys are crazy. Props to all of you for for sticking through all of that. We'll get to some of the other things in this game in a little bit. There's one more thing I want to talk about in this first period, though. The Avs defense shotgun that beer. Luke, I'm not going to do it. I don't even have a bottle opener for this beer. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't even open it. So, not going to happen. Use uh, your teeth, you coward. I, I like my teeth. I don't want to break them. <laughs> if someone shows up at the studio that no one knows where it is and brings me a bottle opener, I'll shotgun it. That's the deal I have. So, if anyone from DNVR is listening, there's uh-huh. the... Andre comes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, one more thing, though. The Avs' defensive structure in this game. In the first period, there were a lot of bad turnovers. But in the large part, I think they got away with it because they were getting that forward support that we've been asking for. Yeah, you know, I think that when we were watching the game live and we were having the conversations, my bigger my bigger frustration was less with the defense and more with the forwards. Yeah. Because some of those some of the turnovers that we saw taking place – you know, we were going back and forth about it where I was like, what's he supposed to do? Right. Like his outlet options are I can chip it up the boards because I don't really have a good outlet option beyond this. And the forwards are trying to fly the zone and they're trying to do a little much. And I think I I think that they did a better job in this game as coming back and playing as more of a cohesive breakout unit. Yeah. It wasn't like the Edmonton game where they were like Two-thirds of that game, they just were absolutely dominant. Right. The, the game was completely controlled. Right. We'll get into that as well in a bit. But it was it was an effective performance where, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't it was dominant, but it was good. And, like, yes. 
they played well as a team. They played well as a unit. And, like, the, the shot metrics and all that just don't bother me in a game like this because Colorado had a two-goal lead three minutes into the game. And we, you know, we've known for years any of the, the, the analytics, research, and all that stuff, it all points towards score effects kick in after teams have two gold leads. Yeah. When you have 57 minutes to go. Right. Like, <laughs> You know, an ultimate score effect situation. Right. And right. then, and then, because I remarked to you in the first period after it was three yeah. one at the end of it, this is going to be the Tampa Bay game all right. over again, where, where they're, they're going to they're going to shots, they're going to blow them out. The shot metrics will be bad, but it won't matter, and they will have played well. And then the third period happened, and it was right. It, and we'll we'll touch on yeah, that. It it was really great. Uh, two quick questions. Uh, Pete asks, any hope of Miko playing tomorrow? That he is will, the expectation. He yeah. is expected to play tomorrow. Barring a setback or something unforeseen, he is supposed to play tomorrow. And the other one from Real TMS, Real Tims, I'm not sure. Names are not my strong suit. I'm sure you guys know that by now. Asks, can you imagine this game with Miko? And I actually I can, wonder. I, I can imagine it. it with Miko. I can imagine it with Calvert and Landeskog and Eric Johnson. And it's probably more like 9-2. to two. Is it? I don't know if it makes that much difference because a lot of this game was Nathan McKinnon just <laughs> deciding he's the best player on the ice. Yeah, but how much of the game wouldn't be Jonas Donskoy turning the puck over Fair. and creating yeah. half of Chicago's offensive opportunities? I mean, that's definitely fair. It was it was a bit of a struggle tonight for Donskoy. Yeah, and who it, I still think picked up an assist, and it's like, right <laughs> when you play with Nathan McKinnon, exactly. Good happen, no matter like, what, you so. want to talk. Oh, you're riding shot in a shotgun next to, to to great players is how you pick. It's the it's the the thing that Vancouver fans are doing to discount Makar, yeah, and prop up Quinn Hughes is to like denigrate their own players and prop up McKinnon <laughs> to be some like demigod, <laughs> and and McKinnon's like, yeah, I'm a demigod. No, trust me, it's it's fine, fine. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's a good point to to end period one on is that Nathan McKinnon is just too good right now. What is also too good is some Breckenridge beer. They've honestly become my favorite beer company, not just in Colorado, but everywhere. I love all of their beers. I wish I could drink this vanilla porter. I really do. It's taunting. I know. It's sitting there. That's become a very a beer that I like very much because I drank one on this show and was yep. like, this beer's really good. <laughs> and now like that's the one I get a lot of texts and like screenshots of people yeah. with Oh, I'm getting I'm trying the vanilla porter and it's like do it. I'm they I'm, will not steer you in the wrong direction. I'm a little jealous of the Nuggets guys because they get to call it the Vanilla Porter Jr. Yeah. I wish I had something like that for the Avs on it, but I really don't. So I mean the Avs just have the Avalanche named after them, to be right, fair. Right. But. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to be too picky when they have the team name. Yeah, exactly. So but yeah, I, whether you want the Avalanche, the Vanilla Porter, the Strawberry Sky, any other beer for that matter from Breckenridge, be sure to check them out at your local liquor store or Davidson's or anywhere else because they sell beer everywhere in Colorado now. So that's a thing. Uh, I, I guess, saw it at the gas station the other day. Yeah. I saw a little Breck sampler and I was like, huh. <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm, at the I'm gas telling station. you, man. Go out there. Pick it up. Try it for yourself. It, it really is a great beer. And also check out the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com. We have the, the Broncos thing coming up in a, just a couple days now. The tailgate, I believe. Yeah. God, it feels like we've been advertising that for so I long. Know. Well, I, you got to get the word out for free beer. You just yeah. have to. Like, that's the rules. It just seems like time is like gone so know, slowly with regards to that event yeah because most of our events come up on us and it's like oh we're Can advertising we it and yeah. then it happens and then we move on but it feels like that broncos tailgate because just you know they on the road yeah. and right it's all the travel and, and yeah. all of that so the the tailgates really are a great time but yeah Let's keep going. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the Green Solution. I'm still Rudo. He's still AJ. We I talked hope, about. I hope so. Oh man, if I wake up as somebody else, that's going to be an issue, right? I've worked so hard to make this life <laughs> the dope one. Right. No, I don't want to wake up as somebody else tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. I want to wake up as me. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind waking up as Nathan McKinnon, maybe, but. <laughs> I'm good. You're good? Yeah. I would I, I will say I would like to be as good at something. Yeah, definitely. Well, as Nathan McKinnon is. I mean, 
there are people better at things that I've never even heard of than I'll ever be at anything in my life. I just accepted that. See that guy that went viral on Twitter the other day that was juggling the Rubik's Cubes and and solving them? Was it the kid that actually did it or the other guy? I saw just some, like, middle-aged dude who was, like, goofy, like, staring at the camera, like, and juggling them. I'm fairly confident that that one is fake. Oh, okay. But there is a kid that actually can do that as well. Oh, so you're one of the like the internet truthers that like sees something and is like, "This is a no." It's just a really weird coincidence that I happened to find a YouTube video explaining why that exact video was fake. Oh, I see. But it just worked out that way. I love. I, I will say, like, I love the YouTube conspiracy wing. Oh man, it gets crazy. Out and there. like, like I, I, I should clarify. I like the non-dangerous right, right. YouTube conspiracy wing because the ones who are like the way the way out there ones where like their worldview has changed. Yeah, like breaking down is this video real or not? Yeah. Like between a guy juggling Rubik's cubes, like that's great. <laughs> Somebody had the time to do that and just said, and I'm was doing like, this in-depth analysis right here, and, and was like, no. The, the internet <laughs> has to know <laughs> that it's that video is real. not real. <laughs> and that's that's one of the reasons I love the internet is because stuff like that exists. Well. And what? then people make Nathan McKinnon montages for people like me who it's one o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go watch hockey highlights for three hours, <laughs> which is exactly what happened last night. Beautiful. What is real is JT Comfer's scoring against specifically the Chicago Blackhawks. It is. He picked up another three points in this game. I think you said before that he had five points in 10, so it's 8-11 yep, now. Five points in 10, now 8-11. and 11. Coming in, he had six in 10 against Minnesota. Yeah. And that was his most productive division opponent. And if you're going to be productive against division opponents, Minnesota and Chicago are pretty good ones yeah, too. Those- from, in terms of watch. like fan base, from like right. what the fan base cares about, yep. like you always want to be good against division opponents. But like, if he goes off against Winnipeg, it's more random than anything else. But like, if you're going to be really good against uh, Chicago and Minnesota, you're going to be a fan favorite. And imagine that JT Comfer's a fan favorite. I I feel like that is a bit of a little undersold point because you were walking me through the the top five teams mm-hmm. he scored on. Dallas and St. Louis are also right up there. Dallas and St. Louis are at the bottom. Oh, they're at the bottom. They're, yeah, he has four points in thirteen games against against St. Louis, where okay. it's like that's he doesn't do anything against them, yeah. and like none of us care. That's fair because everybody's like, well, nobody does anything against St. Louis. They just suck to play against. You're not wrong. I'd argue <laughs> on that one. Like, like I would, I could probably look up McKinnon's numbers and see the same thing. Like it's oh, nobody, nobody's good against St. Louis. <laughs> well, either way. Comfer, any anywhere he can find consistency is a really nice step for him. And it's funny because I always forget about it. Yeah, going into games against Chicago, I forget about the whole Comfer thing that he's from there. And then yeah. we got a minute into this game today, and, and he scored, and I was like, "Oh, of course, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> everyone could have predicted that one coming." Yeah, there. and then and then it just kept like he just kept building and building. He was like. Mm. Not yep. bad. <laughs> and then McKinnon goes flying down the ice with the puck, and he drops it to Comfort, and you're like, oh, I know how this ends. Bing. It's in Chicago, so yeah. this ends in a goal and not a post or right. something. <laughs> Which, that too, <laughs> by the way, 34 bad posts on the season now. AJ. They hit three today? They hit three today. Including Kale McCarr hitting another one, who yep. the Altitude broadcast did confirm leads the league in posts. And, and it sure feels the, like it. And that's with the bad NHL numbers that are bad. Don't believe the NHL post numbers. They're wrong. Okay. Well, I still think he probably leads the league. No, I think he does. He just has more than what the NHL says. And he scored his eighth goal. Yep. Today. If even half of those posts go in. Right. He he could be a 15-goal scorer 24, 25 games right. into the season. I, I mentioned today in takeaways, like, he's got enough, he's got enough goals now at this point in the season that – he has a realistic shot at a 20-goal season as a rookie defenseman. Right. He's he's on pace for that if it continues like this. Which, I mean, I mean, he's on pace for... Yeah, I, he's on pace for all sorts of records. Right. Stuff. Like, he's on pace for the greatest rookie season pretty much since Ovechkin and Crosby. Yeah. And, like, I guess McDavid was hurt, so, you know, he gets dinged for that, but... 
even he had 48 points in like 43 games his rookie year. Yeah. And so you're talking like he's he's had such a special rookie season that he is like in the conversation right. with like you're we, there are there's no superlatives we haven't used. There's no praise too high. This is a dude that is going to force his way into an all-star game on defense where it's very hard to get guys in Especially because they the only three have three like set now. Yeah. Right. And it's like it's like all I'm all I want to do. All I want in life is an all-star game where the Pacific and the Central go up against each other and McCarr and Hughes just trade scoring chances back and forth. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Like it's like it's like Hughes and Horvat and McKinnon and McCarr and it's like just 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 go. Play. Yeah, just have fun. It'd be enjoyable. That's that's I've decided this is all I want from life. Uh, Real TM asks, what team leads the league in bad posts? I haven't checked the NHL numbers in a while. Last I checked, it was Dallas. But again, the NHL said Dallas led with about 17 or so when the Avs had, by my count, 27, 28. Um, there is a bit of a discrepancy. I know there are a couple of posts I count that they don't, but the NHL had the Avs with one crossbar at that point. And the abs have hit over 10. Yeah, they hit like two on opening night. Right. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the post thing. It's weird it's, to me that there's post data. It. It's, I've been doing it for years now. That I am, like somebody manually tracking yeah. it totally makes sense to me, but like... The the shot data that people scrape for yeah. all the all the statistics and all that for all of our shot metrics that we use, it's funny that like there's like post data. It's interesting how much people care about it. Yeah, because I, I mean it's my thing. I've been doing it for years for the Avs at least, and I hype it up. I like to hype it up, but yeah. At the end of the day, you didn't shoot it in the net. It, right. You miss. It's not a shot on goal. Yeah, exactly. So, Which is funny because there's no more shot on goal than one that hits the goal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it should count. But, right. Um, yeah. I. Any other thoughts about this Chicago game? The third period, I guess, real quick we can talk about is... It basically was exactly how you're supposed to play with the lead. Very smart... Two games in a row. Yeah, right. You know, the Edmonton game was a little different because they were tied 1-1 going in. Mm -hmm. But three goals in the first five and a half minutes changed that complexion. Right, exactly. Now you're at 4-1 and you're like, okay. You know, and they outshot the Edmonton 17-2 in that period. Yep. They ended up, I have, there's always potential for something to have changed in the last 30 seconds while I was finishing up writing. Nope. But uh, last I saw, the Avs were up 9-7 in third period shots on goal. Yeah. And like, that's... How you do it? You you take it from a very high event game to a low event game. Although that's probably higher event than they would have liked. They it probably was. would have liked more like six to four, right. but nine to seven is not and bad. At most all. of those shots were fairly non dangerous, right? And and shout out to Frankie who played well today. Absolutely. So a lot of that st- stuff that looked dangerous, he was just like, right. get out of here with that, yeah. and just swatted away, and. I guess the point I want to make is the Avs have struggled with this a lot. They're, it seems like they're finally learning this year that playing smart and safe doesn't mean giving up on offense. You know, this is all. It's going to be an eternal struggle of for course. every single team because it's human nature to, to sit, sit back, back and to, to ease off the throttle and to play in a certain way with a certain mindset. It's not like a conscious – and you know the other team is like – fervently going after it you know and and it's funny because you get dinged the abs get dinged by abs fans for sitting back but when they push hard when they're losing there's no talk about how the other team sat back like we didn't we didn't not once had has have i seen anybody talk about in the toronto game how the how toronto just kind of chilled they had a good 12 minutes and then just hung out yep and the abs spent two full periods dominating them trying to dig out of that hole right and there was no conversation about how toronto was sitting back it was all about the abs dominating the play but when the abs are sitting back right the the conversation is over the abs are letting this happen 
Like, there's another team out there with a certain desperation, too. And that's the eternal struggle of, of closing out games. Yep. It's why we talk. It's why baseball literally has a guy designated for that job. Because closing out a professional team that has desperation and has that that little extra spark, it's hard to do. And even when that's that guy's one job, unless you're truly special, they mess up all the time. It's hard to do. Yep. Like, we see, you know, you look at some of the great quarterbacks in NFL history. What's one of the statistics that people love to throw out there? Fourth quarter comebacks. Yep. You know what you know what you can't do if you're winning in the fourth quarter? Come back. Come back. <laughs> if these guys are so great, why are they losing in all the fourth quarters? Not wrong. You know, like, and it's because you lose games. Like, it's it just the happens. other team is a bunch of pros, too. The- Best win seasons in the NHL start with a six, not with a seven or an eight. Right. I mean, you're talking, dude, we talk about this a lot, that the worst teams in the NHL win 30 games a year. Yep. It's That's just the reality of how competitive the NHL and honestly most pro sports leagues are on any given night. Anyone can win. It's really hard to close out a team, and the way that the Avs did it today was very, very good because they treated a bad team like a bad team. Yeah. They went out there and they were they played a smart, efficient third period. They worked hard. They they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. There wasn't a bunch of penalties. There wasn't a bunch of golden scoring chances. They weren't begging the other team to get back into it. They just worked. Right. And that it was efficient, it was effective. It was it was exactly what you want. It was a very professional closeout. Of a bad team. And it was done in a way that's repeatable in the future. Definitely. Like the 17 to 2. Right. You're not going to do that every night. You're probably not going to do that more than maybe even two or three times in a season. And even that is like that level of domination is very hard to do. So for what they did tonight, that's what you want third periods to look like. But of course, not being a one goal game makes that a little different because you don't see that as much in one goal games. The urgency from Chicago was never really there yep. because if, if a team that's trailing by three doesn't get a goal in the first 10 minutes, they, they pack m- it in more or less. You will always see them gear it down, especially when you know, they have a game coming tomorrow night. Right. And then like same opponent, like back to back, like, you know that they're not going to go a hundred percent on it. And it's just like, Hey, we had our chance. It just wasn't our night. We're just going to move on, get healthy, you know, stay healthy until tomorrow and, and get to it. Yep. All right. I think that covers the Chicago game pretty well, so we'll go ahead and end the second period here. And if you guys haven't heard of Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. They have delicious CBD drinks, CBD lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, pretty much everything you can imagine for CBD. They also carry their own Denver-made line, AJ's Fist pumping about something over there. I am excited. We'll save that for for later, maybe? Yeah. Okay. They also have their own CBD products, Quantum Muscle Rub, Rehab EX, and many more. And their grand opening is going on right now. As I'm saying these words, they're having their grand opening with some amazing Black Friday deals. They're open until 8 p.m., so you can still get down there and get in on some of that goodness. And it's going to be an awesome party with awesome food and music as well. If you can't make it, you can still check them out online and get their products shipped to your door. But they do have an amazing smoker boutique that you really do need to see for yourself. It's designed to inspire and motivate and enlighten people. They have all sorts of awesome murals and quotes and just cool stuff on the walls everywhere. You really do just have to see it. But again, goldboys303.com is also where you can pick up their stuff. And you'll get 30% off site-wide on today, Black Friday. Plus, if you're buying in bulk, you can call 720-372-9843, and they'll take care of you and get you the discounts that you need. Gold Boys, where everything is gold. All right, third and final segment. See, if you're going to fist pump on me, I guess we got to start with that. Yeah. I'm ready. No morning skate tomorrow. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because morning skates, let me let me tell you, just from a professional pers- perspective, 
morning skates are one of the things that wear you out the most when you cover a team. For sure. Because you have to get up and you drive to the arena and whether or not you're in your home city, road city, doesn't matter. Uh, then you hang out at the arena for two hours. You watch a very light practice and then talk to the players. And it, it's a great, great atmosphere to talk with players. It's my favorite, actually. Uh, and then talk to the coach and then you write a little like a quick blurb that nobody reads about the game and then <laughs> you wait a few hours and then the game happens and you know it's just a very weird schedule yeah. but there's nothing worse than a morning skate on After on the second day yeah. of a back-to-back because you know it's going to be at most an optional where four dudes are out there like messing around with pucks and you're just like i got up for this <laughs> instead you can so, have a nice brick brew tonight so i will Definitely be capping off my Black Friday shopping with some beer tonight. There you go. Perfect. Pete F. asks, how do the lines look with Miko in? I've been saying, I'm assuming they're going to drop him back with McKinnon just to get his feet under him again at least. The first line will stay the same. Yeah. Like like Donskoy, McKinnon. Miko. Miko is a fair assumption. And then uh, Joe Skadri-Comper. And then in Burrow when he gets back, basically. Right, which we don't know what's going on there. And then uh, the bottom six is just a hodgepodge of who knows. Whatever's on the lineup that day. Right, like Miko comes back, so you probably take Dries out. Dries or Tynan, I would think. Like you take one of those guys out, and you have Kamenev and Belmar as your centers. Uh, Nachushkin probably still next to Belmar since that's been working. Uh, and then after that, it's some combination Nieto of right, some combination guys. of Nieto and Tynan and o- O'Connor and, and yeah, something like that. So like, still pretty messy in the bottom six. Exactly, basically. and and with the way that they're kind of double shifting and moving McKinnon right. around, like it gets, it's even messier in execution yeah. than it is on paper. Yeah. And then we don't we don't really know what's going on with EJ, although they said out for the weekend. Yeah. So we're not expecting him until next week but you know let's let's talk about that we've seen two games of Callie Rosen now he did get a point in that first game against Edmonton chosen Rosen chosen Rosen baby it's been a little sloppy at times and some of it I think is he's still not fully in sync with the av systems at the NHL Mm -hmm. level I think he's missed his his spot a couple of times in that regard but you are starting to see some of that breakout skill shine through at times as well. I don't think it's any coincidence that Callie Rosen comes in and uh, Colorado's breakouts get better. Yeah. I don't think that's and, – and that's not to say Rosen's better than Johnson, just that Rosen – that's what Rosen brings. Like, that's what he's going to bring. But you also have to remember with Rosen, despite his age and his polish – in the AHL, it's a guy with a very limited NHL experience who still has to kind of figure it out and and is still very much proving himself. But two games in, you know, really liked the Edmonton game uh, after the early hiccups. Didn't like him as much today. I thought he was less of a factor, and there was one real bad turnover uh, that turned into a very good scoring opportunity for Chicago. But to be honest, like if you've got – if you take him out of the lineup and and then, and again not even just a one for one with Johnson, you take him out of the lineup and you put in a Mark Barbario, the thing that you're worried about there is still the same. It's turnover. It's turning the puck over. So it's not that you're. It's 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 not so much that they're l- eliminating the turnovers, but they're getting more from the breakout. So it's just it's a small pendulum swing. But one that they definitely needed. Uh, the other thing that's really helped has been Sam Gerrard is back. Yeah, Sam Gerrard finally in late second or third period of this game, I think it was, and he just took the puck, skated it all the way up the ice through the neutral mm-hmm. zone into the offensive zone, and was like, "Okay, as Gerrard has his confidence back finally." He it happened in it happened late in the Edmonton game where he made a rush similar to that, and I was like, "Oh, there he is." Because I remarked it, to, I remarked to Evan, where I, I said, you know, oh, like, yeah, this is the same Gerard that, we've come to know. That's the same Gerard we haven't seen much of lately. And imagine that it's Sam Gerard using his legs, yeah, right. and not Sam Gerard trying to get perfect passes, right, yeah. trying to get cute moving pucks around. So, uh, I think that the breakouts have been better. I don't think that that's a Johnson thing. Like when Johnson comes back. 
I would like to see what this lineup looks like with Johnson and Rosen and McCarr and Gerard and just see you know what it looks like and then yeah. who they you know given given the fact that I think Graves has had two very solid games in a row yep. and uh Zadorov is Nikita Zadorov doesn't need to be scratched really anymore. Yep. You kind of know who he is. You, you live, live with, with the it, yeah. exactly, you live with it. And I'm not looking I'm not looking to scratch him. I think I think that that puts Cole kind of in in the crosshairs right now. Yeah. Where if if Johnson were to come back next week, it's not that Rosen has been so good, but that you want to see a different look for your defense. You want to and it's not so much like because you give up a little bit of the the grit, you give up some of the work in the corners and some of the underappreciated things that defensemen do that Cole does bring, and we saw him do it pretty well today too. Yeah, but there are still big mistakes that happen and rotational issues that are happening uh, with Cole and and goals going against. And it's it's funny because and, and not really funny, but it's it's just odd because last year there were it was like every single bad decision that the team made ended up in a goal against with yeah. Cole on the ice. Right. Whether it had anything to do with Cole or not. The puck was just going in. And yeah. now it's like every bad decision or every every time, you know, Cole loses a puck battle and Kadri oh. takes a weird angle. Zadorov's on the other yeah. side of the net covering nobody. Right. And like the crosshairs go on Ian Cole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like and and like like it, it's kind of a weaker one for for Frankie, but it's also like a wide open from the slot, like <laughs> from five feet away. Yeah. Like it's a prime scoring opportunity, yeah. and you're like, mm, and but it was like Ian Cole, Ian Cole, Ian Cole, <laughs> and there's like four guys that all yeah. that all had breakdowns there, and right. like, and that's the thing, and maybe that's where you just give him a game, you know, Johnson when Johnson does come back. Uh, just see what it looks like with Rosen, with Johnson, because then you're looking at a lineup where your worst skater, your worst puck mover is Ryan Graves. And you can live with that because he plays such a high IQ game when he's at his best that he doesn't usually make bad decisions with the puck because he's usually just like, Give it to my partner and go. Like let it let him <laughs> yeah. do all the work, you right. know? And like he knows. And that's the intelligence there is that he knows he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna make a ninety foot stretch pass to spring a guy for a breakaway very often. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to make the simple play, the simple outlet. He's not gonna be picking up a bunch of points and assists and stuff like that, but can can play a very simple game and a very repeatable game and a very safe game that doesn't include a high variance of mistakes. And that's where we're seeing the struggles with Cole right now is that the mistakes are erasing anything good that he does. The the you know there was the sequence where we were watching him today. He makes a yep. really nice play on Taves in the corner Works and the puck off of him. Right. Helps helps get that puck away from him, follows him around like and and it ends up in a scoring chance against. Right. And it's like that's not necessarily on Cole. On you know, it's just that Cole's upside right now is just being negated. Yeah. And and it's to the point where you're like, look, like you need to give your defense a different look, a different a different feel to it because for weeks now this has not really worked. Right. And I think that that's been the advantage of losing EJ is that they were forced to play a Rosen type. They were forced to break up Gerard Johnson, which was just smashing their head against the wall repeatedly. And the, and it forced them to give their defense as a whole, a different look. They've now had more defensive success, two games in a row where you feel better about what the defense did uh, based on game situation. Again, like the shot metrics are going to look ugly tonight, because the Avs were two goals ahead 90% yeah. of the game. It, yeah, you have to understand the situation when you're looking right. at those metrics. Exactly. And it's not it's not that you completely ignore them, but you do take it into consideration where you're like, look, like you can only put so much stock into this. Yeah. But with when Johnson does come back, I do want to see them continue to give that defense a, a little different look. And I think it gives them more of a dynamic element. And then you wait. Yeah. You wait for Rosen to have a bad game. And then you call up Connor Timmons and look, <laughs> put him in the lineup and never look back. <laughs> there you go. He had to get it in there. Uh, shout out to Pippa. We got a baby in the chat. Mm. <laughs> 
Luke's Pippa. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cute. Yep, she's a cutie. Can't attest. And Sarah Quill asks, uh, why is it called a home and home when neither team are home twice? Well, because you go to one team. Right. So you go, I mean, home and home. Chicago was at home, and then the Avs were at home. Yeah. So. I mean, what are you going to call it? A home and away? I mean, I guess if you're looking from strictly the Avs perspective, it would be an away and home. Yeah. Right? But no, they call it a home and home because each team in a. Is at in home. A, well, for one. Exactly. Yeah. You get each team has a home game. Yep. Yep. Um, Which is a good way to do back-to-backs because what you you know it's an even playing field. (laughs) Right. If it was two games in a row back-to-back in Chicago, you wouldn't call that a home-and-home. You would call that bullshit. (laughs) There you go. Straight from the horse's mouth on that one, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The Edmonton game, since we didn't do a podcast after that one. Yeah. I'd like to touch on that a little more. Right. The Nikita Zadorov just... Ended Connor McDavid, and he got some help from Kale McCarr as well, playing yeah. in that game against the McDavid Dreisaitl tandem. That's exciting. <laughs> if if Zadorov can be that guy, be the guy who just here's your dude, don't let him do anything consistently. Preview. <laughs> there you go. Just just that's what I took away from that game. Right is uh, this is what you want to do in the postseason. You want to take a dynamic pairing that can dominate on both ends of the ice with Z and Makar. You match him up against the best yep. that the other team has to offer. You hard match. Don't mess around with it. You don't get cute trying to steal an offensive possession for Makar. You got you got Gerard. You got Johnson. Depending on what you decide to do, you could have a Rosen or a Timmons or somebody else in your lineup at that point. You know we don't know what. We don't know what April's lineup looks like. <laughs> At this rate, it looks like a, an empty wasteland of ghosts, mostly. But. <laughs> right. But you hard match, and you just let the you let that decide the game. Yeah. You're not going to win every time. Like, there are going to be down nights, and that's the, that's the thing with Z that you live with. Yep. But we saw where Z can carve out his role on an avalanche defense that suddenly has pushed him to the fringe, you know, and especially in the future with, with Byram and Timmons both kind of pushing. Yep. And, and you know, <laughs> they're going to be in the NHL eventually, and it won't be much longer. And so this is kind of last last stand time for Zadorov. And if that ends up being the role that he carves out is next to Makar or even next to Johnson, and that becomes – their shutdown pairing, and that becomes, okay, we're going to take all of you worrying about process and offense and other things out of it. You see that guy over there? That's their guy that we want you to go shut down. Remove his offense from the game. He has to bring something consistent beyond just big hits right? to continue being a significant part of the Avs roster. Because we saw this in the postseason last year. They hard-matched him against Evander Kane, and he made Evander Kane absolutely miserable yeah, Kane hated his life that in that series. series. Just absolutely miserable. And so that's what that was my big takeaway from the Edmonton game was okay. They're leaning into that a little if bit. If he now. can do that against the best duo in the NHL, and I'm sorry, but look at those two. They're the best. No offense to the Boston Cats. But wow, those guys are have you, Unbelievable. have you checked the NHL scoring list of players lately? Because those dudes are pretty okay. Yeah. It's just that those, the ability to shut them down and like you're going to win some and lose some, but you take that because you win some. If you were just losing all of them, your strategy sucks. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and so to find, to find an avenue where Z can fill that role while playing next to a guy that you want on the ice a lot in Kale McCarr. It's perfect. That's, it's the ideal situation. It's it not really It's not a like, oh, this is your top pairing and your second pairing. No, this is your hard match pairing that you match up against the top line. Call it whatever the hell you want. Yep. You could call them banana pants if you want. <laughs> it does not matter. The banana pants. <laughs> McCarr and Zadorov. It doesn't it matter what you call it. That's how you use them. That's their usage. That's their utilization. And then you can build your defense around that and pick your spots. 
Because now Sam Gerrard, you want to boost Sam Gerrard's offense? Well, he's not going against uh, opposing top teams yep. all the time. Oppo- the the best of the best. He a little bit of that sheltering. He, yep. he does get a little bit of an opportunity to skate pucks up against opposing teams' second, third, fourth lines. Yeah. And maybe create some opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, Pete brought up a good point according to or related to Z. Uh, with his broken jaw, he has been quite a bit more disciplined since coming back. Not quite as many penalties. Well, he still talks all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just bringing it up for a guy that he, we expect to take a penalty every night. Well, and he goes through these stretches, right, yeah. where he, he'll he either get benched for a game. In this case, he missed a game or two uh, with uh, with the uh, with an injury. But when he comes back, he's usually pretty good about mitigating that, about keeping an eye on his discipline. And then it's, you know, once he gets to the – eight, nine, 10, 11 games in a row where yeah. you start to see where he gets a little looser and, you know, okay, well, I'm playing every night. I'm feeling like I'm in the lineup. I don't have to worry about this. I'm not I'm not worried about making mistakes. Back, yeah. And then I and then he does something dumb. Yeah. No. So, I mean, maybe the, the jaw thing has, t- has played a role in it. It could also be coincidence because we've seen these stretches in his career a plenty of times where he'll have a five-game stretch right. where you're like, oh, why can't he just – well, can't that five-game stretch be a 55-game stretch, you know, where he plays good, solid, reliable defense? You know, he hit the post tonight. Yep. Uh, he had an offensive scoring chance in the Edmonton game and plays a good, solid, disciplined game, although he was going to get a penalty in the Edmonton game. Yeah. But we, we kind of gloss over that because randomly Josh Archibald decided he wanted to suplex a monster. <laughs> so I I – that's not on like Z got lucky that I guess he committed a penalty on the guy with the shortest fuse. I mean, you take those. <laughs> it evened them up and you were like, okay, this is great. Um, all right. A couple more questions before we get out of here. Uh, Real TM still can't say your name. What's your view on the November injuries and will Miko's return and the abs injury curse? <laughs> I mean, it's just bad luck, right? They're, I, I told you, because Rantanen will play tomorrow, the Avs will have used the same lineup yep. in just four of 14 November which games. Is, which is insane. Yeah. Just Otherwise, injury-related decisions in 10 of 14 games in the but, month. But, I mean, if you go through the injuries, Rantanen hurt himself on an ankle that was already nagging him. Like a nothing play. Just he toe-picked. Zadorov took a freak puck to the face. Yeah. Calvert being Matt Calvert and trying really hard to block a shot, unfortunately took a puck to the face. And and like that what was wild about the Calvert thing was that it was unbelievable awareness by him. He goes down to block the shot. Nothing has happened. Pedersen waited and waited and waited. Yep. And his response was, well, I've used up the rest of my body. I'm going to whip my head <laughs> around. My and, head left. Yeah. And it was like... Matt Calvert, I love you. You're an awesome dude. You're the easiest guy in the world to root for, but my goodness. Sometimes it's okay to just not block the shot. Right. Like, it's like, trust your goalie to make yeah. that save, buddy. Yeah. Not with your face. Um, but he's out there skating and it doesn't look too serious. So it's good. like, you live with this. You've, you've lived through the stretch. Colin Wilson, no one knows what happened to him. He just left practice one day. Le- left practice angrily, knew something was wrong, and like, and now and it's it, week to week. Well, and right. at this point, it's like, it's like, it's hard to say it was a tweak of something right. because he's been out for a while, and nobody knows what's going yeah. on. Like, I don't know, man. It's wild. Burakovsky, nobody knows what happened. Right, leaves the game, and like everybody was going back and like, oh, well, he did this during the game, and he did that. During- what if, what if it was a concussion spotter? Like, what if it's this? Oh, does he have the flu? Like, we have no idea other than he had x-rays. So if it was a concussion or the flu, x-rays unlikely. Some kind and, of flu if you're getting x ray Unless they are working super hard to throw us yeah, off the injury right. scent. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like the only ones you can really attribute to not necessarily bad luck is maybe the hit Belmar took. You can put that on Felino a little bit. Uh, fair enough. And then even even the EJ one with Kerfoot, like Kerfoot wasn't trying to blast him into the boards yeah. there. But I mean, like that's on Kerfoot. It is. And so, but you're looking. That's two of the eight, nine, yeah. ten injuries. Not even counting the goalies, which I guess Wheeler a little bit there. But well, and like in Landeskog, like 
Yeah. We don't know. No he idea. Was, he played in a game and then was hurt. And then everybody woke up one morning and the Avs released a statement saying he was out indefinitely with lower body injury. He shows up in a walking boot two days after being filmed on Instagram, jumping around during the Halloween party, having yeah. a good old time. And, you're like, and everybody's mm, like, what just happened? And yeah. they give us this whole story about how oh, he's been he, bugging was, him for a while. he was sore yeah. after the game. And then he came in again the next morning and said this was hurting. And it was just it was it's just been a really like not you're right in that it's. A, an insane string of injuries for all these guys, but like how they've happened, you're just, it's mind boggling. Uh, yeah. Two more questions. Sarah Quill asked for thoughts on Rosen. Thought he struggled tonight. We talked about him earlier. Once we end it, you can rewatch, but the cliff yeah. notes are, he brings a different look to the abs defense and has been a bit up and down, but to a certain extent, it was something the abs needed and um, was okay today. Yeah. Like, was okay. Yeah. Uh, then last question uh, from V Miser, do you think they keep Wilson after this extended absence with how the call ups have gone? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to put him in the HL. I don't know that he plays over Val Nachushkin right now. I mean, he probably still plays over Kamenev, right? Yeah. And Cam- this, is, this is where Kamenev loses out on the right, position because battle. he's a center. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and to be honest, Kamenev has not done enough. He started out pretty well but it, like it he has, has flashes every single game where yeah. you see one or two moments where you're like this is Just an nhl player do that more yeah and then and then there are long stretches where you're just like there's nothing here he's gotta he's gotta figure out the val nachushkin thing where nachushkin has figured out how to look good consistently exactly the and not even just him but tj tynan you've gotta you've gotta look like you're working hard yep You've got to just lose puck battles so it looks like you were involved in one. Logan O'Connor's got that down. Right. Like, you've got it, and, and it's so stupid to say this, but, like, you have to feel like They're you're giving you're, it all. Right. Yeah. You, you can't just be like, well, I wasn't going to make that play anyway, so I made a smarter play to put myself in position to do something else later. No, no, no. Go all out, yeah. lose that battle, and make it look like you're going balls to the wall. There you go. So if you're an NHL looking for a call up, that's the advice. Just yeah. go full try hard, baby. Exactly. Lose as many battles as you can get close to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, no more questions. So final thoughts on the abs right now. I believe you said they were eight, eight and one since it was either Miko or Landon. Yeah, injury. I believe so. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but it's somewhere in that range. But, I mean, that's five hundred. And that's what we talked about. Go five hundred, give yourself a chance. And the fact that they're still beating bad teams and that they steal wins every once in a while from good teams because, yep. you know, they pick off a win from Edmonton. Yep. You know, you pick off a win here and there. You know, the, you beat you beat uh, Winnipeg in Winnipeg. You know, you you who has been surprisingly resilient despite yep. all their issues they this really year. The Connor Hellebuck, it turns out, is actually a good goaltender. when you have Connor Hellebuck? Right, exactly. You Jacob Trouba, what? <laughs> but... They, they've they picked off enough wins against good teams because their schedule has been full of them. Yeah. They haven't had a stretch where you're like, these are a bunch of easy teams. They should probably win four or five All here, right, realistically. Yeah. They, they've not really had a lot of that. Uh, and when it inevitably comes... That's what they really should be healthy, and they better go five and zero. Right there, you go. <laughs> exactly that. They got to take advantage when it comes. I you think. have to feel good. Overall, you have to feel good enough about the team that they're surviving the injuries. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I'm at, especially with Miko coming back tomorrow. So, and real realistically, in the next two weeks, I think that they're going to get most of the the big guns back. Yeah, Landy's already started to skate a little bit. I think that it'll still be a little while, but. I don't think it should be till Christmas. Like when when the Avs roll into Vegas the week of Christmas on the 23rd. They should be pretty much good to go. I think that they there's a very real possibility that Rantanen and Landeskog and Calvert and Johnson are all back in the lineup. And that will be very, very nice. And Burkowski probably because it doesn't sound like that's serious, but not having any real idea what it is. I just left him off that list for caution per precautionary reasons and Colin Wilson we may never see again we have no idea what that is really truly all right well that I mean that's good news it's a little bit like the Avs winning the lottery I would say which they haven't done since 2013 yeah unfortunately and wow did they do it 
they picked the they picked some good ones. I mean, in hindsight, you know, lost lost the lottery, won the war in 2017. Car, right, 2017 was fine. But uh, you know, last when, year we'll see. When people win the lottery, they usually need some tax help. So, Symbio Tax and Administration. My guy George. Yeah, exactly. Provides his clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. George has been a longtime subscriber to DNVR, a diehard Avs fan as well. He almost always makes it out to our watch parties and things like that. I've talked to him a few times as well. He's most definitely going to be helping me with my taxes. There you go. Perfect. I'll probably have to get him on it too. He doesn't know this yet, but he most most definitely will be having a conversation about taxes with me in the next few months. Yeah, and obviously George is symbiotax essentially here so if you're looking to get a small business started you're looking to rent out a room in your house or like us you just want your tax returns filed go to a qualified professional like george to understand your tax requirements don't end up at one of those retail tax chains call symbiotax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com that's s-y-m-b-i-o tax.com that is it for us on this one. I hope y'all enjoyed the live pod directly after the game. Just kind of worked out well with the mm. afternoon game. We thought we could get this in there for you. So, yeah, if you liked us, let us liked it, let us know. I would like to try and do this with the live pods a little bit more, more interaction with you guys answering questions and stuff Definitely. like that. So we'll try and keep that up for you guys as well. But for now... Thank you for listening. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, and you will hear from us again on Monday.